and welcome to Frock Flicks, the costume movie podcast. We're back again, and it's... <laughs> it's crazy around here. It's Sarah's making rude gestures. Sarah's being a 12-year-old. Hi, I'm Tristan L. Bass, your host with our original Broadway recording cast, whether you like it or not. That's Sarah. That's Kendra. Hi. You don't have to deal with them, but I do. Uh, we are podcasting today, Bram Stoker's Dracula. <laughs> From 1992. Cue awkward laughter. <laughs> because it's Halloween time, so you need some spooky, fun horror stuff. Woohoo! Poor. No, that was that, uh, was that was Outlander. Oh, who's uh, <laughs> our us? Who's our us? So, um, as you can tell, we're a little punchy, but when are we not? Well, not. So, I'm going to start off real quick with a little beady uh, beady background. Um, it's directed by Francis Ford Coppola, uh, known for uh, the Godfather films, Apocalypse Now, and lots of you know crazy important stuff. But um, who's this guy? <laughs> You've never heard of Francis Ford Coppola. Oh, for Christ's sake. Oh, Look on. it up on Wikipedia. Who was uh, rear-ended my stepfather, like, in the, like, 60s oh, really? or something. Wow. Yeah. Like Dick? And yeah. uh, he no. makes a nice wine that I like to drink. Really? Yeah. You yeah. like Coppola? Oh, shut up. Oh, it's tasty. I know it's who good Francis Ford Coppola is. Yeah, yes. she's just trying to cover. Jeez. Totes. Anyway. Sophia um, Coppola's dad. Yeah, whatever. So, who we've also podcasted. Check it out. Uh, she did a little movie called Marie Antoinette. What? Um, so he did this because he's a big, uh, if she, if Sarah keeps doing that, I am going to punch her and, and, and we will podcast that. So, um, I'm being very punchable today. She is. So, um, Coppola is a huge fan of movies of all kinds. So, you know, he'd watched a lot of horror movies uh, growing up and he wanted to make Dracula the proper way, um, according to the actual book, because it's based on a book, uh, hence the name, Bram Stoker's Dracula. It's based on a novel by Bram Stoker from uh, the oldie Victorian times. Uh, a lot of the the um, adaptions um, in the movies, had, such as Nosferatu, 1922, um, the Bra Dracula starring Bela Lugosi in 1931, all the Hammer horror films in the 60s and 70s, um, had taken huge liberties with the novel, um, dropping characters, uh, mushing characters together, um, taking huge chunks of the story out, etc. So um, Coppola was very committed to actually telling the story. Of course, he also added things to the story, which we'll talk about later. Um, but um, the story itself, the novel, is told in a very epistolatory and journalistic form, which is very common in Victorian novels. So it is told... Ex almost entirely through letters, journal entries, diary entries, and um, newspaper clippings uh, from all of the major characters. And this is also shown in the in the movie um, through you know Jonathan's letters, Mina's uh, diary entries, etc. So those are all things that Coppola really wanted to show through the film. The uh, costumes are designed by a Japanese designer um, whose name I will totally murder. Uh, Aiko Ishiakoa, uh, she passed away two years ago, unfortunately. Um, but uh, prior to Dracula, she had done um, a number, she had done stage uh, work. Um, 
She had done a few films, but she was mostly known um, for advertising design, graphic design. She had a very successful career um, in graphic design and advertising in Japan and in the U.S. Uh, after Dracula, she also did a few more movies. She did the um, costumes for the um, opening uh, of the Beijing Olympics. Um, so she had a lot of uh, very successful career, but it wasn't strictly as a costume designer. And uh, they, Coppola and um, uh, Ishiokoa, worked together very closely. And, uh, Ishioka. Ishioka. See, I told you I'm going to murder the name. <laughs> um, so there's a great quote um, from Coppola saying, it was, it was clear from the beginning that the script was envisaged for a group of very young actors. So I said, let's spend our money not on the sets but on the costumes because the costumes are the things closest to the actors. Let's dress these young actors in beautiful, exotic, erotic costumes that have so much of the emotion right in the fabric. Um, so he and the designer were really focusing on specific costumes that evoke emotion, um, evoke the characters that are very highly symbolic. Um, each character has a color assigned to them. They have motifs that are assigned to them. Um, so while they're while it's set in a specific year. Um, there are great liberties specifically taken to evoke um, moods and themes that are carried out through each character uh, throughout the movie, what we're going to talk about. So that's a little background, and I have a lot more background information, and at the end I'll mention um, a great reference book that you can so um, Tristan, a lot of this is coming from. Tristan really did her homework on this while Kendra and I are like, <laughs> Okay, we'll watch a movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, so why don't we just start out and talk about some of the impressions of the mm -hmm. costumes um, in the in the movie um, and the movie itself. Mm -hmm. I think it's worth noting, building on what you were talking about with the costumes, that 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 um, the sort of desire to be highly symbolic and sort of arch and theatrical applies to the whole movie. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's something you you have to kind of accept with this movie. It's also something I kind of struggle with sometimes yeah. as I watch it because it makes it feel more sort of, I guess, I don't know if formal is the word, but sort of reserved. I'm conscious that I'm watching theater as mm -hmm. opposed to a story of where I'm sort of getting lost and this could have happened or something like that. But that's the tone overall. Definitely. It does yeah. have a very theatrical... It's camp. Feel. It's 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 camp it too. Is camp. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and some of the effects are very consciously and and Coppola has said this mm -hmm. throughout books and interviews um, that he didn't want to use CGI. He didn't want to use anything that looked modern. He was using um, lighting effects, uh, mirrors, smoke. Literally using smoke and mirrors um, to make uh, the film look like it was a classic horror film having this, you know, older feel to it. So it was kind of making it look more arch, mm -hmm. looking more theatrical. Right. Very consciously. Yeah. And it works. I but mean, so, it does. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously, I think in line with that, I mean, I think the costumes are uh, very successful and they're certainly stunning. Um, I mean, the first thing I will say is, of course, there's a title card saying it's 1897, mm -hmm. but everybody looks much more 1887. Mm -hmm. And I never know why people do that. Why bother to put a year on it and then not reference that year. So, I mean, I think the, I mean, for one thing, the costumes are beautifully made. Some of my favorites, um, Mina has this gorgeous dress that has, I think it's leaf embroidery. It's the day dress she mm -hmm. wears when she meets Dracula <laughs> on the street in London. And it has the stunning waterfall pleats down the back over the bustle. And I mean, all of them are, I mean, they're gorgeously 
designed and really beautifully executed. You can tell that uh, these are really works of art. And I think that there's some comments um, that were are recorded where they are talking about how they didn't actually make multiples of the costumes because they spent so much time on the individual one. So it was tough um, because, you know, budget and time and all of that. But you can tell. I mean, it really absolutely reads... I mean, I think the only thing that, that I find a little bit jarring is with the character of Lucy, who is the friend of Mina, and who clearly is much more susceptible to Dracula, flirty, in touch with her sexuality, blah, blah, blah. But right from the get-go, she's wearing... All, I can accept the theatricality of the costumes, but they're really overtly slutty. Uh, and it just seems to me like like I get like having a hint of that, but I almost feel like they should have pulled back a step further uh, and given her, you know, maybe... I mean, I guess the white dress isn't so bad. It's I'm thinking of the green snake dress that she wears in the evening party that's totally off the shoulder and really low-cut cleavage-wise. And it's just like, whoa, there ain't nothing about a nice Victorian lady... You know, when you're looking at that. And yet that's the most historical dress mm-hmm. that she wears, actually. Oh, Lucy, yeah. Lucy, Lucy wears. Yeah, Lucy's costume is... Art. Everything else Lucy wears is just, like... Modern nightgown. Modern nightgown. Or just super or fantasy. Like, total, yeah. like the wedding dress, the yeah. frilled yeah. lizard dress, um, which is amazing, but bears no... No, really. no semblance to anything, any one dress in reality. It, it's all these pieces of things that might go together. And, you know. Yeah, clearly, that was the idea, though. Yeah, she was it out was. Of her the... skull when she was, you know, making yeah. it, when that dress was being made. Yeah. Clearly, she's not right in the head. Yeah, and although, it shows. Yeah. Although it was interesting because I've always been, I've always loved that costume and yet been a little perplexed by it. And we were mm-hmm. watching it pretty closely this yeah. time through. And you could tell there was actually a fitted dress underneath with a bustle. Yeah. And then, for example, the long, there's this long embroidered piece that just sort of hangs down like an apron almost but more from the neckline um in front so clearly it's not just originally i always thought again i thought it was neat but it looked like a big nightgown almost and i'm like really that's a wedding dress but you know whatever but that apron almost is referencing the the klimt uh, outfit that that dracula's wearing which leads into yeah so i'm gonna jump in with the uh, old art historian here um and and klimt Features heavily in this, uh, in terms Gustav of the design Klimt. work. Gustav Klimt. Art artist. Yeah. Yes, he was a uh, early 20th century, late 19th century. Um, Austrian? Austrian, yeah. Mm-hmm. He was, uh, he was of course, well known for his uh, painting The Kiss, which actually depicts his stepmother, of all things. Okay, that's a little weird. Yeah. A Did little, not know that? Yeah, yeah. a little Oedipal. Uh, but uh, no. but one of the, the things, though, is that, that the designer, set designer, movie you know everybody involved in the design process of this was clearly drawing heavily on Klimt and there's a couple of costumes particularly the the final scene where um uh Dracula has his sort of final resurrection where he's on the you know on the journey home to Transylvania to to resurrect himself finally and everybody's trying to stop him and and uh he bursts out of this barrel of dirt (laughs) Uh, burst out of the barrel of dirt wearing this gorgeous gold lame quilted looking fantastic patchwork, patchwork you know, coat basically. Um, and of course that is very much, I mean, we are looking at a still of it right now and it is absolutely a recreation of a Klimt, uh, 
you know, painting. painting Both the sort of the color blocking, the yeah. shiny oh, the treat- gold. everything, the little swirly. Absolutely. Everything and and the, the sort of the yeah. abstract shape of mm-hmm. it being all huge. Yeah. Everything yeah. about it. And yeah, it is interesting that, that they, I mean, I like it. I think it's beautiful. <clears throat> I I'm, I'm, would be interested in knowing why they went Art Nouveau with mm-hmm. something that they were at the same time trying to be very Victorian about. Mm-hmm. And I guess there's not a huge time lapse between the two, but I do see those as different. Art Nouveau is very 1890s. I mean, is it, it starts okay. It starts in the 18... Well, like, honestly, it starts... The roots start in the 1860s with okay. William Morris. Um, but, yeah, the... Uh, by the time Klimt comes onto the scene, it's very much the 1890s, and of course he's he's not just the only person that they're Art Nouveau person that they're really referencing sure. here. But the idea is that the 1890s are definitely the beginnings of what we think of as the Art Nouveau period. So mm-hmm. I, I found it actually kind oh, of okay. yeah. it worked in that regard. Yeah. But there was so much about this movie where I was sitting there watching it, going, "That's beautiful," and then what the hell? Yeah. You know, like just it, there were these just so disjointed. I think, mm-hmm. and I think going back to the way that Coppola wanted this shot to be that high concept yes mm-hmm. you know over the top art Vaude, yes. but also sort vaudeville, of vaudeville yeah yes. old timey horror show yeah, you know yeah. just weird and i and i was going back because i'd seen this i think 20 years ago or whatever when it came out and i uh, and, and i didn't retain a lot of the you know, memory of it for whatever reason and uh, probably because i couldn't had a hard time paying attention to it even now <laughs> and following it as it was jumping all over the place it was very it didn't seem very linear um, but you know, I, I know that that was that was those were critiques that, of course, the movie was getting when it came out. So that was, uh, I guess, I was reading reading up on the uh, on the Wikipedia about it, and that a lot of the contemporary critics um, when it was when it was first premiered were like, "What the fuck? You know, <laughs> like, what is this supposed to be? This is." But again, you know, this is Coppola, and Coppola never really does anything that's you know straightforward by the book. And yeah, he I mean, goes in for sure. the really. Odd angles. Yeah. 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 I mean, the the Godfather movies yeah. each got their share of criticism because, you know. I think even the Godfather was more mainstream than this was. But I was well, thinking Well, they are like, now. See, at well, the time, you have to right. think about everything at yeah. the time. It, it's not under. Yeah, he's doing, true. he's following his own views. Well, I was also thinking of, uh, uh, what, whatchamacallit, Apocalypse Now, which is just, yeah. a, you know, a, a clusterfuck of a movie, yeah. but, you know, a really great clusterfuck of a movie, yeah. but. Apparently, he was a clusterfuck to make that. Well, was. right. I know he was Jesus. also, you know, he was driving his actors insane while he was making it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, that was, was what's his face had like a nervous breakdown, yeah, or a heart attack. A couple during? of them did. Well, One, uh, was it Brand? Well, Brando would. Yeah, anyway, yeah, they they uh, made yeah. a whole documentary about how yeah. fucked up that one was. But um, anything for art. Yeah, mm-hmm. but you know, here, I mean, did yes, this, also do The Shining. No, who did The Shining? That's um, Kubrick. Yeah, oh, Kubrick. That's Kubrick. Okay, yeah. that's right. Another guy who's all about the yeah. The, they're know. all kind of the same milieu. Yeah, as well. yeah. <laughs> they, they clearly hung out together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, things like um, and again, going through you know his interviews and, and his his mm-hmm. kind of explanation of uh, himself and his design ethic um, for this movie, Coppola cites the symbolists, Art Nouveau, Mucha, Kimp, Klimt. All of these as inspirations for the set design, for the costumes. Yeah, Muka was a good one. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, Muka for the particularly mm-hmm. speaking of the the vampire brides. Yeah, uh, the sisters as they're really called in the in the mm-hmm. um, in the book. Uh, wanting all of these things as inspiration, while they're not nec- not the the artist names might not strictly be mm-hmm. you know eighteen nineties. But they're was they're some of yeah some of yeah. them are some of them are a little later some of them maybe a little and earlier I, I guess, but they're in that milieu of yeah. um, turn of the century uh, that kind of fantastical fantastical 
and and kind of cutting edge too because it's an era he's very much going for this is an era of you know scientific exploration of artistic exploration of you know different things you know kind of all these things bubbling up under under Victorian restraint mm -hmm. and you have characters that are literally bubbling against their restraints like Renfield um, so this is kind of you know, pushing, he's trying to like push those little boundaries. Can, and, I, uh, can I interject too about the artist? I guess, you know, if we really want to be technical about it, the fact that uh, Klimt is considered a symbolist artist and Mucha is definitely the, the art nouveau, but they are definitely overlapping genres that happened at the same time. Very mm. zeitgeisty. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Just part of the same yeah. zeitgeist, part of the same, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah kind of visual, uh, cultural. Um, yeah. Milieu. Yeah, I guess that's the word of the day. It yes. comes in so handy. Yes, yeah. it does. Yeah. Yeah, but some of but you know some of them again, some, like Lucy, her costumes are the most out there. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Whereas Mina's are probably the most historical. Yeah. Um, and she ha her motif is very much it's green. There's leaves. You know, she's fresh. Very pale. She's she's innocent. She's, she's she's very well dressed for a school teacher, yeah. but I'm not I'm not complaining because her costumes yeah. are gorgeous. Yeah. I'm just saying I yeah. wouldn't have picked yeah. her as a school teacher. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, well, and you know why she had why and how she has this very rich friend with all these suitors. Um, you know the book doesn't even really explain that. It's just one of those things mm -hmm. they set up. You know, it's, well, it's the dichotomy: it's the, the of, poor girl, the rich girl, poor yeah. and good, rich and easily yeah. corruptible. Yeah, I mean that's stuff. kind of one of those Victorian novel things. Mm -hmm. it, it, that so that just. It just happens. And Absolutely. You're just, you're just gonna throw yeah. them together. Yeah. Why not? I think it's interesting because we question it more as a, as a thing, as a as a you know we have a more of a more of a questioning of it these days. But it, it happened all the time mm -hmm. in Victorian novels. Yeah. You know? It's funny because so much of the movie is clearly about repression, mm -hmm. uh, for sure, repressed sexuality. Hello, <laughs> obviously, and as is the book. And it's interesting because. It's not to say that it probably, I, I have to admit, I read the book, but a long time ago, and I really don't remember it, but my knowledge of Victorian literature will tell me uh, that, you know, repressed sexuality and all those kinds of things are massive themes in Victorian literature. But it's interesting to see that translated onto film, I guess maybe in the modern context, because it, uh, it almost feels like you're being hit over the head mm -hmm. with, they're repressed, they're, are you getting this? Yeah. Are you getting this? This is about sex. I mean, there are some Oh major, yeah, the, the blood. The, the bloody yeah. cum. Yeah. Sorry. It's like a fountain, like it's an ocean spray. Here and there. Um, yeah. Yeah. Blood. yeah. Anyway, but it's just, it's interesting because obviously that's such a massive theme in Victorian literature. Mm -hmm. And it, in a way it hits you over the head, but here it's hitting you me over the head and it's making me step back and go, whoa, that's a little heavy handed. Mm. But, yeah. But that's but absolutely that's, picking up on the themes yeah, of the original. That is, that is totally themes in the original. I um, mean, what else is vampirism about? It's, right. you know? it's all about repressed sexuality. It totally. really is. And, yeah. and the thing is, too, what's kind of hilarious um, is you read some of, you know, or some of the discussions at the time, they were just, they wouldn't, they didn't, wouldn't admit it. They just wouldn't admit it. It's like, oh, oh it's just a scary story. Ooh, it's just be like being scared and ooh, mm -hmm. chills, spine, spine tinglers, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, and it's it's really the you know literary analysis. Now we're kind of like, mm -hmm. yeah, it's all about sex, people. Um, so yeah, there is a, a lot of that um, with everybody, including with Mister. Worst accent in the universe. Oh, yeah, let's talk casting. Let's go. Oh, let's go. All right. Yeah, let's dive in. Yeah. 
So Boy. Keanu Reeves. Oh my god. Should never open his mouth in a movie <laughs> no. where he isn't playing a surfer boy. Nope. You know, he's really good in Point Break. Is he a surfer he's boy? He's a surfer boy. Yeah, he has yeah. to infiltrate a group of um, a criminal gang of surfers. Right. He's yeah. great in that. Oh, he's yeah. certainly brilliant in Bill and Ted. Oh, god. It, was yes. just, it was the yes. apogee of his career. So, so this is basically um, uh, Ted Theodore Logan <laughs> goes yeah. to Transylvania yes. as Without a solicitor. So and it, 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 I think the sad thing, too, is you can tell he's trying so hard to tamp himself down. Yeah, so Talking hard. about repression. I mean, his yeah. character, uh, his performance is, I mean, not only laughable with the accent, but it's it's kind, it's pretty boring, I would yeah. say, because he's trying so hard to fit a model, a mold that he doesn't fit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, on the one, I mean, yeah, you can giggle, and you, but, you know, can he get his, like, I'd actually say in Dangerous Liaisons, he doesn't bug me as much. Well, because it's a tiny, tiny part in yeah. Dangerous Liaisons. Well, but also in Dangerous Liaisons, <laughs> he's supposed to be a little yeah. slow and naive and whatever. And but he's he, hardly on screen. Like, I think and that probably helps. It really but in helps. this, it's like every time he comes on, I feel my eyelids drooping, and it's yeah. just because there's no energy and no, no spark to the performance. Because he's, I'm sure, absolutely terrified of being... Ted, Theodore, Logan, etc., etc. You know, his biggest scene is when he's getting screwed silly by the, the Dracula's brides. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if it weren't for their full frontal, yeah. that scene would be flat emotionally. Yes. Um, you know, there'd be no energy on the, on the screen because he is flat. He yeah. is just like, just he can have the biggest the boner in the world, but he is flat right there. And because and, he's just like, there's nothing. You get nothing from him on screen. You, you could, there's just nothing behind the performance. He's like, okay, I have to walk over here. I have to say this. I have to move my hand. I have to look sad. But there's no... I mean, this guy is not a method actor. No. Sorry, Keanu. Sorry. I'm sure you've grown and matured he as a actually, human being. He supposedly is a very cool guy. I'm oh, sure I he really is. Think and again, be nice hey, to Mr. Point Williams. Break is a really entertaining movie. <laughs> I love Bill and Ted. Okay, Bill and Ted. Dude. Let's, we should yes. podcast Bill and Ted. There's some costumes. Oh, they're, oh, they're really bad. Oh, they're I went and rewatched it a couple of years ago. It's total pan velvet. Oh. Penne velvet, ye oldie medieval oh, dresses. How could you yes. love it? But it's it would be well, I, don't know, I thought that was the. Um, oh, you're right. It's the bride. It's the it's the, it's the, the two them in the iron. It's the babes. medieval babes. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Medieval, they have medieval babes. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Oh, God, I get it. Okay. Um, okay. So yeah, so, yeah. And then definitely. the other one we need. Well, there's a lot of people. Well, but... I wanted to, I wanted to interject before we get too far on. I was like, I, you know, when I said that Klimt used his mother or stepmother yeah. as, her, as the, the uh-huh. model for the kiss, I went and I looked it up, and I can't actually verify that. I actually heard that in one of my lectures in okay. a graduate level course that I cannot find documentation. For Sarah's us. talking out of her ass again. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. this is another case of Sarah except talking. That, out so do not cite this podcast. I could swear I. I know. I saw that in Vienna. Yeah, that on there's some, some display about the internet doesn't want us quits. to know about that. Ah, it's apparently a, it's, a, it's a conspiracy. It's a vast right wing or left wing conspiracy. Yeah, vast. It's a vast. Okay. I'd say right wing. Right wing. Yeah, yeah vast yeah. right wing conspiracy. Yeah, yeah there are, okay. Well, okay, if anybody has, if anybody can pull up that reference and post it to either our Twitter or Facebook, Toads, um, do it. I'll give you a uh, a big wet kiss next time I see you. There right. you go. <laughs> um, okay, but, uh, because Clint, kiss, see? See? Okay. I'm making synergies She's making here. connections. You're good. Okay, so I just couldn't let, like, you know, an yeah. un- unverified reference <laughs> Thank go. you. Sorry. Right. Thank you. We? Yes, because uh, we admit we were, we're mocking wrong. Keanu yes. Reeves. Okay, can we now mock Winona? 
Who's wow. not as bad. No, Winona Ryder is not as bad as Keanu. Yeah. But she still pains me. And it's funny. It's the same thing I get from... She actually gets better as the character starts to yeah. get uh, into it with yeah. uh, Dracula yeah. and lets her hair down, literally yeah. and figuratively. Well, she just goes from, like, English stuck up to, like, sexy voice. But it's the same yeah. thing yeah. as in Age of Innocence. She just drives yeah. me crazy yeah. with her little... Sweet little milk toast performance. Because she because, should really be well, like... Well, she's, but Age of Innocence, that's the character. I know it's... <laughs> but they're still... It's not her. It's so hollow. The way yeah, she plays okay. it is so hollow. And well, again, so... The character is supposed to be an Age of Innocence. We'll, we'll do well, Age of Innocence. Okay, we should. So let's because, like, let's yeah. keep that separate. Ah, oh, um, she annoys me. Okay, well, I like her. <laughs> I do too. I like her a lot. I think... I, I, I like her. Well, okay. Well, we can... We can I can disagree. Thank you. We can bitch her out here. Um, because, you know... I, yeah, she's not, it's not the, I don't know. Uh, she's not Meryl Streep. Yeah, she's not Meryl Streep. And nobody's Street. expecting her to be. And of course we have to go back to 1992. Both of these people were big actors who were going to sell this movie in a yeah. way that I think even Gary Oldman wasn't going yeah. to. Well, and the point, too, on the casting of this is that Coppola really wanted name actors, mm-hmm. young name actors. Well, that's how you get a movie financed, yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, and and because of the way, yeah, the way he wanted to do it, he wanted because he, he wanted to do it as the the novel was and he wanted to make all of these you know all of his things that were in his head so he needed name actors uh, but he also wanted there's there's a certain concept of kind of the the youthful freshness um that he wanted people to identify with and he thought he was getting that or you know he was building that in with these young names that people could identify with mm-hmm. um obviously you know being yeah, Gary Oldman this really this many young when he did this many years yeah. on, we're not seeing that. But I, I mean, yeah. I saw it in the theaters back then, and I remember, you know, these were the young, hot faces, and it was, it's like, you know, it's like the freaking Twilight movies today or something. Really? You know, like that level of. I guess you're right. Well, no, no, but, no, but, it's, it, yeah. but it's casting the equivalent of Robert Pattinson. Yeah, yeah. It's the, yeah. The, the people that the girls are all going to go, ooh, Keanu, exactly. I want to go see him. Yeah, I mean, he was getting mobbed in airports, that kind of thing. Yeah, so weird. And Winona Ryder was the one that all of us little goth girls identified <laughs> with, you know. She, you know I never identified. Like, she's too little. Well, but she's... There's nothing. Dark short Beetlejuice. people. We totally are. Okay, sorry. To- big, big elk-like people like myself do not identify well, with little identify wayfish. With? Whatever's. I always like the redheads. That's why I love Sadie Frost. Because she's the redhead. Yeah. Well, see, you have well, She was tiny and waif-like. I don't care if she had red hair. That gives <laughs> her a pass. So you had somebody to identify with. See? Yeah. But she wasn't as big of a name. But Yeah, no. But, so, you know, I, I see what he was going for in casting them. And obviously this being that however many billions of years later, it's it's hard to see that. But if you were back then, you know. Mm. It's it's a it's a thing. It was a thing. He's well, a just thing. a side random segue to back then. I do remember seeing this in the theater, and and to me, it's funny because it makes me see how far I've come in terms of costume. I remember my friends commenting on how tiny Winona Ryder's waist was and asking me if she was wearing a corset. And I remember feeling like really knowledgeable that I was able to say yes. <laughs> like that was the extent of my knowledge uh, at that time. Yes, yes, yes she, she was. was. You know, like, awesome. There you go. That, that was my, my over at the time. <laughs> Love it. Well, yeah. see, I went with a Greater Bay Area Customers Guild um, event opening. We all went on a big outing uh, to see this movie in the theater. Nerds. What'd you wear? Uh, a really shitty fake Victorian outfit. Because this was before I'd even made my first 
wimpy little bustle gown. So I wore this really crappy thing over a petticoat, and I wore... we're gonna have to find a. I oh, bet there's a picture. photo out there. Oh God, I think there is. We're oh, gonna post a photo. Totally. But I went with all the really cool people who were in their gorgeous bustle gowns yeah, and, and those those tail coats. Still, still way too cool. For still us. way too cool. You know, you know who, who you are. are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't just don't say their names. Yeah, um, it's like summoning Beetlejuice. I know it, it really is. <laughs> so, uh, but I was so glad that that they talked to me at least when we were there, Aww, yeah. and didn't didn't snark on my crap tastic. See, they were nice, poly nice people that were still too cool things for us. that yeah. I wore. Yeah. One can be too cool um, and still be nice. They, it's, it's true. true. Well, that's true. be a lesson. Uh, too bad we we aren't. But um, <laughs> hey, speak for yourself. I am, and us. Um, so one other great thing about this movie, um, one really good thing is, um, Gary Oldman, uh, the Dracula, who I have to say makes so much more sense to me now as a 40 year old than as an 18 year old. Because I remember seeing it and being like, he's kind of old and weird. Like I didn't get it. Okay. I like the old and weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really like the old and weird. So I immediately got it. Um, the the first so let's talk about the first time you see him on screen he is old Dracula. Well, no, the first time you see him on screen he's Vlad. Well, yeah, he's very first. Yes, that's right. He's Vlad the in that amazing red armor, armor, muscle, like muscle. Yeah, it is. It's crazy. Um, yeah. Which reminds me, the so one of the things that Coppola added to this uh, story is Vlad the Impaler. So Vlad the Impaler isn't in the novel. Um, and there's really sketchy evidence as to whether or not Bram Stoker knew anything about Vlad the Impaler and was inspired by that. It's, it's literary critics and historians are, are really, you know, there's a lot of back and forth about whether, about whether he actually was inspired by the story of Vlad the Impaler or not. Obviously, all of us now know a lot about Vlad the Impaler, and we, we connect Vlad the Impaler with Dracula. Although, yeah. one thing I mean, I admit, as not a massive student, the, the, not the student of Victorian literature that Tristan is, I was interested to have affirmed my suspicion that this, the Bram Stoker book, is the or, origin of the character Dracula. Yeah. And that there have been vampire novels and things before but sure. this is where the, the specific character yes, Dracula yes came definitely from. this is Dracula and Vlad the Impaler I mean it's an interesting addition it obviously um, gives a good framing device for the movie um, it makes it make it, it adds the romance well, it certainly it adds, adds the motivation it adds the motivation it, it it ties in a lot of things that are kind of harder to tie in I think in a movie way I mean the the novel, being that it's a novel and it's huge and you can read all the little blah, blah, blah stuff that novels do, um, it, it makes it, it gives a nice shorthand, I, I think. Um, <clears throat> you know, just having that, the historical story and, and, well, and the incarnation Well, how is it handled thing. in the book in terms of Mina? Because I'm always confused, and I was asking as we were watching yeah. it, so is Mina Elisabetta reincarnated? Is she just channeling Elisabetta? Yeah. Like... Is I she think... just drunk on absinthe? <laughs> How is it in the book? And then according what am I to, supposed to get out of the book? According to Coppola, yeah. she's reincarnated. Okay. Yeah. According to Coppola, it's like the Horcrux okay. Harry Potter situation <laughs> yes. where she's she is both Mina and Elizabetta. Okay. Yeah. But that's not at all in yeah. Bram Stoker's okay. version. So there's nothing okay. about the reincarnation. I think she's just like mesmerized by him. Yeah. So I want to, I, at least in the movie story, I want to know like what happens next. Does she go <laughs> back to Milktoast, Jonathan Harker, and like... You know, in the book really she does. Life. Yeah, in the okay, book she does. Yeah. Uh, Coppola. Obviously, I, didn't give a shit. Yeah. No, I, think, <laughs> why I, I swear I read somewhere that Coppola had filmed like a tiny little epilogue or something. Uh, like, 
and then you know obviously they didn't put it in maybe it's in a director's cut version mm-hmm. i don't know i maybe i'm hallucinating that's always a possibility are you talking out of your ass i possibly here's my ass yes I here's me it. talking I'm gonna take a picture so yeah put it on Twitter. Ooh. hold on hold on hold it there we go okay good <laughs> Yeah, or maybe he had just written a bit of, of the script and they didn't get to filming it, but because they thought, well, you know, it's already like 14 hours long, so let's, like, cut it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, who knows. But as it is, you know, hey, romance. Oh, like, yeah, well, it certainly, again, it gives an overriding motivation yeah. to everything. Yeah. Because otherwise, I mean, Mina falling for this guy, this, yeah. you know, her prince, I don't know. Yeah. It's I mean, it, pretty questionable. Yeah, because it's more of a horror story. Absolutely. Otherwise, yeah. it's, it's just, you know, crazy, spooky guy mesmerizes a couple of women, mm-hmm. gets one of them killed, tries to get the other killed, and then gets his self killed. Right. So, <laughs> there you go. Done. <laughs> Done. With some good costumes. Yeah. But yeah, uh, no, I mean, I, it, it, it adds that level of tragedy and yeah. whatever, and I think certainly. As history nerds, we like, ooh, it could be based on a real person. Yeah, you know, totally. That makes us happy. Yeah. But the first, um, I guess the second costume, really, really, then that we see him in is uh, the red satin yeah. lounging gown. With the crazy, fabulous hair, the big heart shaped rolls that mm-hmm. I love. That That's is so really cool. cool. He's got great hair. Whoever did the wig design rocks yeah. because this. Um, I love Mina's updos yeah. when she has the sort of the bustle of hair, the yeah. big chignons yeah. updos. And I love the brides. Well, at least two of the two out of three of the brides <laughs> have fabulous hair and headdresses yes, and stuff. So massive props really whoever did that. Yeah. And then and then when um, Dracula comes to England, hotness. Oh god! Yeah, the gray suit, the young Dracula, caught gray suit with the with the round blue glasses <gasps> and the hair and the, the top long hat, hair and the cravat, the cravat <laughs> with the little you know his his. Um, his uh, signet, his, his oh, crest is the pin, yeah. and the dragon crest cane, and, and the gloves. And, oh, su- yeah. Super, uh, I think, super uh, poncy, yes. in a way. Yeah. But, yeah. but like, a manly poncy. Manly poncy, yes. Manly poncy. But you know, like, he, you know, every, his socks were ironed that morning. <laughs> yes. Everything, everything is very crisp corners. Yes. yes. Yep. His underwear uh, starched. Absolutely. Yes. Not a wrinkle in sight. Oh, it's perfect. It's so perfect. Uh, it's, and the and the and the kind of military esque suit he wears for their date. Yeah, it has oh, this yeah. amazing silver embroidery that yeah. kind of goes down yeah. from the neck and, and ends up sort of in yeah. a V shape going down. And it's also clearly there's a lot of Renaissance nods. There's that. Yes. There's the um, the sort of the cloaky thing that um, Mina wears when they go to Dracula's castle, right. but has these crazy long sleeves and this beautiful sort of yeah. green on the yes, inside, black the on the outside. I mean, clearly a lot of these are supposed to be references. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering, what is the red dress that she wears? Do you think, does that seem like it has a Renaissance reference? Because obviously that's a dress he gave her. Yeah. And suddenly oh, she's in dress? his... The, the red no. dress on their date. No. Yeah, and she's yeah. suddenly in his colors. No, so, that's, yeah. that's, a, yeah. that's a bustle gown. And I think yeah. it's, it's a modern, and it's definitely a modern take on a bustle gown. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm yeah. saying that's what I mean. I, I don't remember anything Renaissance. Style, yeah. But maybe you do. Yeah. And no, that one's, that, that one, and that one is, you know, he is supposed to have given her that dress. And that's the only time you see her in red. Sure. Every other yeah. time she's in greens. Yeah. And pale colors. Mm-hmm. And of course it's because, you know their hot date yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah and she's team dracula oh, yeah totally. you know that i was just having this moment where it was just like god can we just someone like have the climax because there were so many points in that in the movie where where 
There was hot and heavy going there on. There was a lot of plateaus. Yeah, a lot of plateaus well, and a lot of coitus interrupted. There, yes. is, there is a climax, but the problem is it's all in the symbolism of vampirism. We it's were just talking the, about the, the, ocean blood, blood. the ocean of blood I'm sorry, that just conjures up, it's, that just but it's when, different It's when of, um, so. Lucy dies. Yeah. And Lucy's dying the moment uh, that... Mina and Jonathan are getting married. Wearing where Mina is wearing what looks like a beige 1960s stewardess hat with a with a veil over. But with her a dress veil. was really pretty, and she drank the wine through the veil. What the hell? What the hell? <laughs> what about that? You'd think there'd be a big smudge of yeah, wine yeah, on and lipstick. She's clearly wearing lipstick. That was that was weird. Yeah. So the, yeah, there were some weird points. Oh, and the the one time she's wearing 1890s is on the ship. on the, on the, on the boat. ship. Yeah. She has this beautiful sort of like beige Plain satin satiny thing. Yeah, dress. Very yeah. Oh, it's probably pale green. He probably, yeah. probably supposed to be. Oh, you're right. Because she's always the lighting and all yeah. of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, anything that was really you know ugly or any costumes we really hated, or they just weird. Um, I'm trying. I to didn't like. You know, honestly, I didn't like any of Lucy's. You know, before she turned into the vampire yeah. bride, really? I didn't like any of her. Things. Well, what about the the one with the waterfall back and and the leaves? That one she Lucy's. Lucy's. Oh, Lucy's. Yeah, yeah not Mina. Now Lucy's, yeah, Lucy's just struck me as something that you would get in like a lingerie shop, and you know, I, with like a long train added in. I think the problem was, and again, as I am Team Redhead, ergo Team Lucy, <laughs> they, that they were a little too over the head. Like, so she wears this very virginal white dress in the first thing, and it's not cleavage. Like roses right over her tits. Uh, tits yeah, yeah tits. And very sheer <laughs> and very off the shoulder. Yeah, and it's a very lingerie dress, dress. The snake dress is super cool, but again, yeah. because it's so off the shoulder and such a plunging neckline, yeah. it's like so obvious yeah. what's yeah. going on with it. Those are the two big ones. That's the only time she has her hair up. That, which than, I like. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah. yeah. Although, she, except when her wedding gown fitting, as yes. it were, yeah. kind of does. And then there's the red number, the sheer night, number that she runs around the nightgown and has sex with, with the, the weird ruffly corset thing. Yeah, 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 and that's yeah. it's very modern. Yeah. It's yeah, that one's yeah. totally like and then it's and then it's a wedding days. dress, which is so amazingly cool and crazy. Yeah. So I would love the snake dress, but I would want to tweak the neckline mm-hmm. so it's not so obviously. Yeah. Yeah. This is the potentially slutty character. Yeah, yeah. it's that's that that's a night that's a neckline like the the Outlander wedding neck. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yeah, boobs. Oh, uh, boobs. Just boobs like, out. Boobs. Yeah, the uncomfortable corset look. Yeah, it is. It's really. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I I have to say, um, as much as I like the detailing on um, Dracula's climped uh, robe, the big giant robe thing, I love his red robe because mm-hmm. that one kind of makes sense to me it's just lounging it's like hey i'm hanging and, at home and that crazy long train and the long train it just it it's it's mm-hmm. it's over the top in in the style and mm-hmm. the the climped one yeah it seems just like i i lie in the dirt in this gold well, in, in, and weird. I mean, I can totally see it because of the way Clinton those kind of especially painted where it was very sort of abstract shapes and there might be a little face in this sort of field of colors and patterns and textures. So that makes sense to me in terms of the, the art reference. Yeah. What doesn't make sense to me is in reference to all of his other costumes. Yeah. Where red is his color or he's in the suits or whatever. Yeah. Suddenly he's in this giant sort of balloon. I don't know. It just yeah. it doesn't seem to that one. Yeah, other that things. one I don't get. Like I don't get he, as terms of the story and, yeah. and why. I, I like it as neat. a thing. Yeah, like if absolutely. it were things sitting in a you know hanging on a wall or yeah. just on a mannequin, yeah. I'd get it. Mm-hmm. But in context of the movie, that one I don't get. Mm-hmm. Um, Lucy's, eh, I get. It's she's kind of 
She's supposed to be the loose, free, la la la. I don't like the stuff as much, but I kind of get it. And that, that Klimt one, I just don't get. I yeah. like it. I mean, I, I like, like yeah, it, but like, it's, I like it looking is, at it, it's but I don't weird. It. It's weird, and it's yeah. out there, and I mean, and that's where we're going with this high-concept yeah. art shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I guess that's all we can say it's about it. It's not low-concept. No. no. <laughs> and, and while you don't get to see a lot of it in the movie, each of even the suitors mm. have very specific... Right outfits that Team fit them. Richard E. Grant all the way. Just yes. was he was, was he the Texan? No. no. He was the doctor. He was the doctor. Sorry, I can't remember. Because yeah. like the Texan I, I I've seen better. He was pictures. in the Rocketeer. He has yeah. he has like fringe on his jacket. Again. He nothing has nothing Bowie, is subtle. No. Uh, Noth- a Bowie knife. Even his, his his that's a Bowie knife? That's not a Bowie knife. That's like yeah. a freaking weird it's shit. A big dagger. Dagger. Nothing yeah. is subtle. He has like the the waistcoat print is some, I think it's like a leopard print or something. Mm. It's some kind of, you know, it's supposed yeah. to be a cowboy. Um, they really, the really. Carrie yeah. Elways is in a very proper British they, Lord's outfit. I love and how, then, but I do love and how. And the doctors and kind of yeah. schlubby. Kind I of, loved how the, all know, the it's three like suitors were like a little team. Even they though, were, like, you know, yeah. one of them got picked, but they were all like pals. Yes, so they're all yeah. like, and that, that is in the movie, too. They, know, they in all, the book, yeah. in the book, sorry. Yeah, three Musketeers. Yeah, they all go off with Van Helsing and Jonathan. But they all get their oh own god, suits. Oh god! Oh god! Okay, can we talk a second about Van Helsing and yeah. and, it, and 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 Anthony Hopkins and his chewing the freaking chewing? Yeah, get that man some dental floss. Jesus. I think there's some scenery stuck in his teeth. Yeah, it's just wow. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not saying he isn't good. No, he's great. No. But again, yeah. ooh, he commits. Yeah, he, he does. really does. He, he really commits. Does. He's yeah. bringing all the energy that Keanu Reeves lacks. Yeah. yeah, if you could just balance the balance two. the two, that'd be. Yeah. Cool. I loved, of course, his deadpan delivery of some of those best lines, like "cut her head off." You know. <laughs> So Duh. was she in much pain? Oh, I cut her head off and, yeah. and, and stabbed, stabbed her in the heart and cut her head off. Hey, yeah, Over dinner. not much pain. You know. Yeah. So well, that's you what know. you get when you hire uh, Hannibal Lecter. That's to right. Kill your vampires. Well, I I think we've we've uh, done a a pretty pretty good job uh, dissecting uh, the movie, as it were. Uh, was there any any other things we've missed? Oh as yeah, far as well, the I think we were talking the about the set. The, the set was. You remember we were talking about this earlier about how mm-hmm. it was. Wasn't it filmed in Prague that they, or something, but they ended up using a lot of indoor sets because of inclement weather? Yeah, no, no, they they specifically wanted um, to not, they were spending more of the money on the costumes. No, I know, I know, but I thought I read, I'd read this somewhere about how, how, you know, the the actual filming of the sets and everything was taken indoor on, uh, taken indoors on a soundstage or within a Yeah, no, they wanted to do everything on the soundstage. Right, because they wanted it to be that very theatrical, yeah, 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 they they primarily did things on sets. And also, there's a lot, um, again, in this book talking mm-hmm. about how we didn't want to do really elaborate sets they mm-hmm. would distract from the characters and the interactions I think they, they actually did get a pretty good they, balance on yeah, that. yeah yeah but they I didn't that's like why they didn't want to use you know yeah. victorian mansions and you know go out on the streets and, and stuff like well, that two more points one one of course is um that the now i'm forgetting what it is let's go to the <laughs> second point <laughs> Kendra's husband apparently worked on the uh, some of the matte so paintings. So the mo- I went out and asked him the models. We models, tried to get yes. him to come out and talk, but yeah. he's too shy. Yeah. He worked on the models. Um, there was some company in Marin. I think it was Matt World, but I can't remember mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that so like when you got the faraway mm-hmm. shot of a yeah. gasler or whatever, that's actually a model. Yes. So yeah, they did. Little, yeah, only a model. Little exactly. <laughs> so little nineteen-year-old Michael was there Aww. painting away with his little paintbrush. What a cutie pie! So yeah. we actually have a, we actually have a connection Yay. to yes. to. Dracula. Yeah. So, 
Uh, and I honestly can't remember what my other point was. It had a lot. It had to do with the sets and the. Oh right, that I was reading in uh, on the Wikipedia entry because that's how I do all my research. <laughs> yeah, um, I actually brought books yeah, with, she, she, with pictures. She had books with pictures. I was doing the oh crap, I did no research on this film and doing it like <laughs> while the film was going. Uh, one of the things I was reading, of course, is that uh, Coppola really wanted a specific um, old school. Uh, special effects um to it and of course this is the era where like the computer special effect was really ramping up and people were very gung-ho to switch to like but it was still really clunky right it was still it was early so but coppola really wanted not to use any of the computer stuff he wanted to do it very old school he did yeah earlier he did yeah well i know okay this you didn't this is what you didn't Mm -hmm. say (laughs) was that he approached several different uh people you know to do this specific type of, of design um and they all said oh no you can't do it without doing computer design oh, yeah. so he fired him and hired his son to do yes it yes so his son was the guy who did all of these special yes effects. yes well yeah. coppola does like to keep it in the family he does. yes clearly. He's, he's got, he's got a big flack for that but but, it's, you know, but he does his family job. is talented and yeah. i'm gonna let it slide no, he's, he's got it he's done a good job with that <laughs> well sorry. um mm-hmm. all right then so i mean we've gotten i think we've covered I think the only other yeah. thing that I would add is, of course, I love the design of the brides, and partially that's because last Halloween I made a vamp- a bride costume from this movie, sort of inspired by. Anyway, but uh, I think that they did a great job making them look. Very, I mean, in the uh, obviously I love you know their hair and headdresses and all that, but then in the the one scene where they actually have clothes, they made them look very sort of ancient, and yes. you, you could see them being Roman or Greek or yeah. Minoan or something like mm-hmm. that. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. um, they're really beautiful and also very evil, which is exactly <laughs> what you want, but also very ancient, so you could yes. really get that too. And I like when they eat the baby. Yeah. yeah. Who doesn't like a little baby? I like when Lucy tries to eat the baby. Yeah, that's good yeah. I like when she just drops her. It's like, it's great. <laughs> yeah. So we're kind of pro eating babies. Yes. But So on that note. Um, <laughs> Hashtag um, eating babies. <laughs> exactly. Um, I do have a resource to recommend. It is the excellent book that I've been referring to because, as I said, I've got books with pictures. It's called Bram Stoker's Dracula, The Film and the Legend. Um, it's by, well, I guess it's by Francis Ford Coppola and James H. Hart. V. Um. James V. Hart. James V. Hart. That's not an H. Whatever. Um, (laughs) and it's, it's essentially the script with a shit ton of notes, um, about everything. Everything. More than everything you ever want to Costumes, casting, motivations. Works. And, um, also there's this great little book called Dracula. Never by this guy named um, Bram Stoker. Who? It's really awesome. Um, actually, the book is um, in um, uh, public domain now. So, can I get it on Kindle? Uh, yeah. I'm sure I wonder you if can. it's free. Um, it is in public domain because Bram Stoker kind of fucked up regarding copyright law. Oops. That's another story. Um, and his widow was kind of pissed off about that. And that's why she tried to get Nosferatu stopped. Anyway, long blah, blah, blah. I know too much about this crap. Uh, Also, there is a book, and of course I can't remember the name, but it is all all about the costumes. And I think Mm -hmm. it's something like Ico is Dracula. It's it's like like Ico and Coppola. Or or Coppola and Ico. It's one of the two. It's on Amazon. It's cheaper now than it was when it first came out. It's a big, giant, freaking coffee table book. We'll put links to that online. And I also wanted to say, there's also an interview on YouTube that I briefly skimmed over of uh, Coppola talking about the costumes in in Dracula. So we will, well, I'll put those all up on the blog and 
Oh, and if you're in Napa and you go to his winery, there are there's a rotating display that occasionally puts some of the costumes oh. up. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Well, now that's incentive to go. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So thanks for listening. We will um, have these resources and other goodies on the blog. Uh, make sure to follow us on the blog on at What's frock, our blog? It's frockflix.com. Okay, follow, us, follow us on face, Facebook at Frockflix and on Twitter at Frockflix. We're all over the place whether you like it or not. And I uh, just want to wish everybody a happy Halloween. So yes. stay safe. Or don't scary run... Halloween. Well, spooky. you know, spooky Halloween, but don't run over any children or anything no. like that because it's dark and they like to dart in front of cars. And yeah. Eat careful. the babies. Don't run over them. Yeah. And, and um, uh, adopt a black cat before somebody else tries to sacrifice it or something yes. horrible. So. Black cats are cool. Yeah. I got one. I just um, um, don't talk to strangers. If there's razor blades in your candy, alert the police. It's <laughs> a myth. There really haven't been any. Um, save me all the, the, the Hershey's minis. Um, I want the Reese's pieces. And I want the Reese's cups. Um, and then um, we'll give all the, the gummy bears to Kendra. Ew. <laughs> does, does she do, I do like the, uh, the apple uh, Jolly Ranchers. No. Ew. What do you Who like? likes those? I like chocolate. I don't know. I don't like chocolate. Okay, we're going to fight about the candy. Okay. And uh, so long.